I didn't go to bed till 3.30. It's not unusual, but it is unusual what was going on in my spirit, in my heart. The Holy Ghost began to deal with me about 11.15. And uh, I, 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 the sweet psalmist of Israel said, Refuge forsook me, for no man cared for my soul. He didn't say God didn't care for him. He said, I couldn't find peace. I couldn't find hope. I couldn't find joy. I couldn't find release. Refuge forsook me. Because no man cared for my soul. I, I had one of the most determined dealings of God I've ever had in my life last night. And for those of you that think my bent, my passion, the fire in my belly to win the 576,000 people within 12 miles of this church that will never be in church except as many were last week at Easter or at Christmas, that my passion for them is waning. I need to help you understand that the Spirit of God is fanning my flames. Refuge. Job said, when I consider the Lord, I shout. No, no, that's not what he said. I dance, I sing, I play the highest sounding cymbals. Job, the oldest book in your Bible, therefore one from which we may extract the greatest wisdom. Job, when I pause, everybody just hit your pause button. We're going to have a Christian comedian out here in a little bit. He's going to bless you. You're going to enjoy it. And your kid's going to get pony rides, whatever. Just bait. Push your pause button because you so seldom do. Most, the first thing they do in the morning is not check in with God, but check their feed. Did I grow? Did I get more followers? What did somebody say about me? Hmm. Job said I've got a pause button and when I hit it to think about him, I fear him. In the backslidden modern church, we have lost the absolute fear of God. For we feel that it is contrary to the character of God's love. Because we have overdosed on a misinterpretation of the love of God. 
How could I possibly know that God loves righteousness if I never saw him punish evil? Oh, see, you don't know how to shout now. If I was lining you up and knocking you on the head like little bunny foo-foo, you'd all be shouting. For a moment, just a moment, could we pause and think seriously about God? Your Bible is the only book that gives clear directions to eternal destinations. Only your Bible. There are two possibilities. One is heaven and one is hell. And I came today to put a Holy Ghost, Word of God plug in the mouths of false prophets that are telling people there is no literal hell. Oh, don't shout me down. I say the book is right. The book is right. Shout the book is right. The book is Shout right. the book is right. And they are wrong. Now, I should have done this another time, but I couldn't wait. So, I, so, I, so I've been diving in. I, I drive up and down the street, and I, and I see an automobile in front of me, and the Spirit of God comes on me, and I begin to intercede for that person in the car in front of me. God, don't let them end up in hell. Some of you eat dinner with your family who if Jesus would come in the next 30 seconds have no hope of making heaven and never pray for them. Never fast for them. So let me just very, very quickly give you three realities three realities from historical writers not biblical writers historical writers during the time of just before and following the first century what does that mean these were contemporaries of Jesus later but in the old economy in the Old Testament let's see what God said first of all three things you will discover number one hell is a place of punishment you're not shouting hell is a place of punishment after judgment two hell is described as a place of fire and a place of outer darkness and a place of mourning. Now while you're sitting here, this is a reality. Everybody is going to heaven. Wait a minute, I, but I'm not a universalist. The universalist says Jesus died, his blood covers everything, therefore try to live as good as you can, but if you wanna have three adulterous affairs, it's okay, cause it's covered by grace. Why are you looking at me funny? You support two thirds of them on Christian television. 
You better wake up. The church better wake up. Because there is a gospel being preached that is another gospel and we have been enticed away from the living truth of God's revealed word. Oh man, I gotta quit. Okay, I'm gonna quit. I'll take back up next week. Thirdly, your Bible and contemporary writers of the day following the old covenant economy said that hell was a real place and that hell was a place of eternal punishment and suffering. Now some folks are saying, well, there are no literal flames in hell. Actually, I've uncovered truth that if you want to say there are no flames in hell, what I can tell you from in-depth study is that it may not be literal flames. Da, 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 da. The real possibility is that is as close and imagery as could be given by mortals concerning right. the ferocious burning and punishment of eternal souls in an eternal place of punishment. In other words, it may be worse. Where are you, preacher? Oh, we have a worship church. Where are you, preacher? Oh, we have a grace church. Where are you, preacher? Because what I'm talking about, Jesus himself talked three times more about than he did heaven. He talked about punishment three times more than he did grace. This is God's eternal deterrent to get you into blessing. Hey, hey, hey. I got to quit. I don't, you, I don't know. It. Daniel 12, 2. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, others to everlasting contempt, torment, suffering, Punishment is the translation. Oh, but Jesus did away with that. Let's see what the contemporaries of his day said. Hell is a place of punishment. It is not a place of correction. I can put 10 books up here right now that are bestsellers on the Christian list of evangelical people that would say to you that hell's torment is only for a season and that to correct the person so that they would repent. The problem with that is you can't find it in your Bible. I'm about to expose these lying devils and get people that are about to go to hell to come to the realization that they need saving grace. I knew 
knew I shouldn't have done that. I, I just knew it. I just knew it. Hell's punishment is not corrective. It is retaliatory. It is the object of the wrath of God. The object of hell is to give a righteous God the opportunity to pour out his wrath. You're not shouting now. See, if you really believe this, you'd be shouting, but what's happening right now is you're wondering in your own mind. Because when you stop and hit the pause button for a minute, you start to consider the Lord. You start to consider his word. And you start to say, am I living that? Or am I just going to church and singing in the choir? Am I a fornicator and a liar and a thief? Am I addicted to pornography? Do I slap my wife around? Or am I born again? I'm not even going to go there. Let me just jump to what Jesus said. Let me give you the three reasons that Jesus, now you would think, the love Jesus, you know, that uh, pasty white guy with long hair, sandals, you know. First of all, Jesus, in all probability, did not have long hair. It was an abomination in his day for a man to wear long hair. So why do you pray to that Jesus? And for you black folk, he wasn't black either. He was olive brown, and nor was he effeminate. His hands were calloused and hard. His muscles were taut. You might say he was ripped. He worked in the construction business. He worked chiseling stone. He worked carrying stone. He was a man. In case you're confused. Let me tell you what's confused you. Backslidden preachers, Hollywood, California, and New York City. That Bible did not confuse you. Nor did your anatomy betray you. It's called biology. Jesus said hell is a place of punishment after judgment. Matthew 25 for 15 verses beginning at verse 31. I won't read them all. Matthew 13, 30, Jesus said, let the wheat and the tares both grow together to the time of harvest and then gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. Matthew 13, 40, 
Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers and throw them into the fiery furnace. Now, I'm not finished. Well, I'm not preaching. I'm just reading you the Bible. You actually have one. Try reading it. Throw them into the fiery furnace in that place where will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. Matthew 22, 13, then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Does this sound metaphoric? Was Jesus confused? Then why are preachers and why are you listening to them? The time has come for you to get a Bible. Throw somebody's book away. God left you one. He told you what's an abomination. You don't need some preacher to try to twist it around to make a lifestyle that God condemned palatable for you. You don't know. You don't know if you can handle me or not. Hell is a place of eternal punishment, not a place of correction. Then he will say to those on his left hand, this Jesus talking, depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Uh, so the devil's going to a metaphoric hell? The, the devil's going to be bound to hell being a place where you go through hell on earth because of your trouble. That's what's being preached. And if a preacher won't preach on hell, it's because he believes that nonsense and doesn't have even the guts enough to say it publicly. I can go be an evangelist if you want me to. I've been doing this 42 years, but hey, I can change. I'm not going to pastor a church full of people that believe nonsense that they hear rather than truth that they witness. So I just want to make sure you're ready to go to heaven. I, I want to make real sure that you're not playing with this thing. I want to make real sure 
that you're living with every ounce of your heart, mind, soul, and strength for Jesus. I want to make sure you haven't drank the Kool-Aid. I want to make sure you still remember that Bible says the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Now, I understand that I'm speaking mainly to believers. You say, well, why would you speak this way about hell to believers? Because you rub shoulders all day long with non-believers. And every single one of them is headed for what I just described to you. Your husband, your spouse, your wife, your children, your nephew, your niece. But because we never hit the pause button to consider the reality of eternity, we just go to church. Uh, we pick up where we like the music best. Who's got the best light show? What preacher doesn't wear any socks? It's, it seems to be a big one now. You know. yeah, I can take my socks off if you want me to. It, it won't change truth. See, it doesn't change truth. Oh, I wish I had time today. By the time I finish, you wouldn't be able to get near these altars for the weeping and the wailing and the God give us souls lest we die. Save my family, God. Don't let my children end up in a place like that, God. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Your Bible says every person that Jesus called, he called publicly. Tonight, today, if, you, if you're in this place and you're unsure of your eternal destiny, God loves you so much that he's giving you this opportunity right now to repent, to turn, to change your ways, to believe in him. For God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son that if you just believe on him you would not perish but have everlasting life if you believe heaven is forever why don't you believe hell's forever jesus that is said a thing i don't want anyone to go there please hear my heart i'm not angry i'm angry with preachers but i'm not angry with you i love you god loves you he wants to set you free. He wants to break every bondage and loose every chain. He wants you to be like Tony. Whatever you're addicted to, to be free. He wants to bind up your wounds and pour the oil in and bring healing to your life. Let it. Let him do it. Yes, yes, Let yes. him deliver you. Don't go to hell for anybody. On three, you want to go to heaven and not hell, have life and not death, serve God and not the devil. All you need to do is raise your hand. We're going to pray. At the end of that prayer, you'll be as sure for heaven as if you were already there. 
and determined to let the life of Christ be revived within you to the point that he is the love of your life. He's what you seek every morning. He's the first thought. He's the last thought. He's the in-between. He becomes everything. There's nothing this world has to offer that could ever replace him. On three, raise that hand and let's pray together. Do it right now. No one can do it for you. Make the decision you'll be glad you made when you stand before God on three. Do it now. Do what your heart says to do. Don't try to figure it out. You can't figure it out. It's God's plan. He loves you. He broke the curse. All he needs is for you to accept it. On three, do it right now. Don't let your righteousness be as filthy rags. You can't get to heaven by being a good moral person. Doing what is right in your own eyes break the chains today you can be free i can feel it right now on three raise that hand one two three raise that hand and leave it up don't put it down put it back up don't put it down don't put it down one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one twenty two twenty three twenty four twenty five and that's in half the building. Would you give God praise that 50 people are coming out of darkness right now? Everybody on your feet. Everybody pray with me out loud. Mean it. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Those of you in Elkhart, obey every instruction. Pastor Manny and Miss Hannah will help you. Lift up that hand again. Everybody praying now out loud. Heavenly Father, I was born a sinner and I have committed sins. I've been separated from you. I've been my own God and I've messed it up. And I come to you today asking for your forgiveness. Would you forgive me, Jesus? Would you give me eternal life? Would you let me know that I'm a new creature on my way to heaven. Satan, I renounce you and all of your ways. I will not live for you. I accept, believe, and confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I am on my way to heaven. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to read my Bible. Lord Jesus Christ, Thank you for giving me eternal life change. I'm so happy about it. I can clap and shout. Those of you that have been born again a while ought to be leading the way right now. You ought to be shouting you didn't make it to hell. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. 
You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.